Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? So last week, we uh, reviewed The Good Lord Bird about abolitionist John Brown. Uh, and, and since then, I've had to kind of like try to Captain stop. John Brown to you. Yeah, Captain John Brown. I also want to be John Brown. Uh, I had just kind of like stop researching for a while because I was just sort of like obsessively looking for any new little detail. But then mm-hmm. I was like, we've already done the show and I don't want to like learn a bunch of shit <laughs> and regret not getting it in there. But uh, I started reading about uh, Nat Turner, who was a uh, black man who led a somewhat successful slave rebellion um, back in the 1830s. So about 20, 30 years prior to, to Harper's Ferry. And whereas John Brown was, you know, very reserved in the violence that he was willing to use and wanted to, you know, kill more than one person, but not, you know, a lot, right? Because he was just trying to send a message more than anything, right? Yeah. Um, he was a terrorist, but, you know, like, again, we said that sure, last week. but he was, you know, But he was in a good, in a, like, in the way that he actually understood that striking terror into the hearts of slave yeah. owners is, like, one of the only ways he was actually going to ignite a civil war and end slavery. So Nat Turner had he was a little bit different in that he um, commanded his uh, rebel forces to kill every white person you see, man, woman, and child, <laughs> and they little, wiped out about uh, yeah, and, and actually most of them were women and children because they were easier to kill. Um, mm. So over the course of of several days, they wiped out about sixty white people, um, and he actually like of course also was somebody who believed God spoke directly to him. Uh, but also through like signs, you know, like certain things in nature. And actually, he uh, he had this plan for a while, but hadn't really started preparing in earnest uh, until there was, I think it was a, what was it? it was a uh, oh a solar eclipse? There was a solar eclipse, and he imagined that that was like the hand of God, like covering the sun. That was his signal to start preparing. But he um, he didn't. He took like a few months of getting ready, um, getting weapons and everything. But he didn't actually like start his rebellion until um, he, he noticed the sun had like a weird haze to it and it had like a bluish quality to it. And historians believe that was um, ash from uh, Mount St. Uh, Mount St. Helens. Oh, wow. Um, back in like the eight, 1830, whatever they could, you know, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had, there was people out there that saw it. Like they have things written down, they recorded history. So uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, interesting again, hmm. like things, Things in history that had an effect on other things. It's like, you know, oh, that volcano? Well, guess what? 60 people are going to die on the other <laughs> side of the continent because the of the haze from drifted across the country. So, I mean, you know, which isn't hard to believe because, you know, just this, uh, just this summer, you could see the, the entire outline of the sun when it was, 
well above the horizon because of oh, all yeah. the smoke from the wildfires. You could, and that was the entirety of the United States. I mean, we I saw yeah. it in, in New York and in Connecticut. You saw it where yeah. you were. It's like unbelievable how fucking insane but yeah which again just reminds you if yellowstone ever actually does erupt we're so fucked like we're all we're all just gonna die either yeah. quickly or slowly depending on how far away from it you are well you know um, and it's one more reason why we've got to take climate change seriously and speak out against fossil fuel companies at every chance we get um today i noticed uh with some of the promo pictures of elliot page who came out as trans today that he's wearing a, a hat that said stop at like, I forget the name of the gas company. It was like something like stop. Alton at, Gas, I think. Alton Gas, yeah. Which is a gas company up in Halifax. And, uh, you know, like the the post, you know, we're talking about Ellen Page, who is now Elliot Page, just happened today. Uh, and he put this statement up on, on Instagram. There wasn't any picture with it, but like all the pictures on every article mm-hmm. about it, because it was on like every news outlet today. Uh, he's wearing this hat, and I'm like, okay, so clearly, you know, activist on some level. Didn't realize this, but this just came out earlier this year. Uh, Elliot Page directed a documentary film about environmental racism in Canada, up in Halifax. Oh, wow. uh, I watched the trailer. It looks really great. I, you know, like sometimes you hear about things, sometimes you don't, but I was surprised I hadn't heard about this. Uh, Probably just because it was Canadian, it kind of slipped under our radar, but that's that's interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, everything's pretty much internationally distributed sure, now. Sure, sure. Um, but possibly just because, you know, like the, you know, a lot of fest, a lot of film festivals aren't happening right now. Yeah. So that could have something this to do with true. it, too. But, you know, so just, just like knowing, knowing that this was going to dominate the news cycle, uh, you know, in entertainment news and making sure that every picture out there was going to have a hat that said that, that stop Atlan. Atlas, whatever it was, uh, gas company, because they're trying to oh, do yeah. something really. They just, uh, just they want to dump all their like fracking uh, waste in this river, basically uh, something like three thousand tons oh, a, a day. Yeah, yeah, because the, like the most toxic the fucking substance on right. Earth, basically, is fracking. Right, and they won't, they won't disclose like what chemicals are even in mm-hmm. their fracking waste because that's considered proprietary, which is utter bullshit. Yeah. It's our fucking rivers. We get. To, we should have to know what's in them. That they're right. Dumping. And 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 people who've done analysis analyses of frack water uh, have found like thousands of carcinogenic chemicals and things. Right. Like it's it's just the literally the the most toxic fucking sludge you could possibly imagine uh, being dumped into fucking freshwater streams. Okay. So, speaking of toxic sludge, um, <sighs> Whole Foods CEO John Mackey. Uh, open his fat mouth uh, y- yesterday. Right. Referred to socialism as trickle up poverty. <laughs> so, Fucking this guy has been like. in the news many times because he's a, just a total piece of shit. Uh, extremely anti union. He said unions are like herpes; they won't kill you, but you'll hate having it. Um, he's pretty telling about ch- his personal life. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, he's, he founded the company and he's been the CEO since 1980. So, like, he's just been. You know, and, and his his father gave him the money to start the company, and he talks about how you know everyone you know he's a self made millionaire all this bullshit, yeah, which yeah. isn't true. Picked himself up by his father's bootstraps. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, and he, he was a climate change denier for a long time, and finally had to admit that it's real, but that it would have benefits to agriculture, which almost no nobody in science believes. Um, so it's like that thing where you just do that switch. It's like, well, it's it doesn't exist, but if it did exist, it would be good, like that. Right childish logic right um cover all your bases even though you're wrong yeah right like so 
I'm not wrong, but if I was wrong, be I actually would be right. <laughs> right is what it means. And you know, on top of it, you know, he's saying socialism is trickle up poverty. Every one of his fucking stores gets millions in subsidies to open, right? Because they know that like their little, uh, you know, Walmart boutique uh, grocery store jacks up the property value, and the city right. that's revenue for the city. So they're like, well, you want me to bring in my uh, fancy grocery store to gentrify the neighborhood. I want a little money up front for that. A little little yeah, cheddar like cheese. Yeah, like, like, like bid for it, basically, or like, you know, try to entice them in the same way they yeah. do with fucking Amazon. And I remember back when um, <clears throat> I was living in Detroit, there was a Whole Foods that was pretty new, but I wasn't sure how new it was. Uh, so at the time, I looked it up, and it was, I think it was like, um, it was 2011. 2011, they um, wanted... Well, demanded actually four point two million dollars from the city, state, and federal uh, as an incentive to open up a store in Midtown Detroit. Oh, um, and let's see that that deal was based on a Whole Foods sales volume of eleven point seven million dollars annually. Right, so they could they would make double that amount. You know, well, at least they would be doing that much in sales in their first sure. year, and they're saying, "Well, we can't. We don't. We don't have the capital up front to. You know, we've only been in business four years, so <laughs> we're the small mom and pop operation. We really need, you know, some, right. the small business loan to get us off the ground." So this is 2011 when Detroit was still in bankruptcy, and they didn't come oh, out of bankruptcy yeah. until 2000, uh, 2014, right? And you know, you could argue, well, it's an investment to you know do whatever. It's like. You should be happy that there's a city there for you to sell groceries in the first place, and it's right. it's just like so he 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 wants welfare for his company, and then says that socialism is a trickle up poverty. Uh, no, absolutely not. So, and just just to give you an example, uh, you know, a sense of how much money they had in 2010, Whole Foods uh, posted sales of nine billion dollars and a gross profit of three point one billion. So I, I did the math on how much money um, that the, that particular Whole Foods was going to get from the city and the state and the Fed, and it was basically $113,000 per job they created. And you could say, well, what about the building? they got to build a building. The building was completely paid for by an investment firm that was going to run up the money to, for the construction and then own the building and charge Whole Foods the rent to, to be there. Right. So so basically all of that hundred and you know, the, all that four point two million was supposed to just be like the startup cash to run the business. Well, most of that money goes to payroll, right? And uh, you know, so really like you're gonna pay your employees minimum wage, uh and you're getting hundred and thirteen thousand dollars per year for each one of them. Like just complete welfare queens, this yep. fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah, absolute fucking prick. Well, you know. Uh <laughs> we should we should definitely talk about the the kind of main thing that happened this week um i, well, I won't say main thing but the, the the most infuriating thing that happened this week uh because you know i still can't quite believe it like it, it's one of those things where you hear it you're like yeah that's that's you know that's funny like you're thinking it's like a twitter joke but uh joe biden fucking you know in in, in his Ongoing quest to to give us all fucking aneurysms keeps slow rolling out his um, terrible cabinet uh, appointees or ca- you know nominees I guess technically I'm, although I'm sure they're all gonna fucking get you know rubber stamped through by the Democrats um, and he named Neera Tandon as the head of uh, OMB Office of Management and Budget. Uh, Who's she? 
presumably because the fucking horse whisperer was busy and unavailable for the, <laughs> for the position. Got another <laughs> offer somewhere. You know, Dave um, Weeks was was busy crafting his fucking Bernie Sanders lampshade yeah. to wrap in you know his skin once he skins Krasenstein him alive. Brothers, they I I thought for sure they quit quit their Twitter accounts and their wife their <laughs> for, quote unquote for, wife's Twitter account in order to go work at the body administration. So right, I, um, yeah. And it, yeah, well, so near Tannen, near Tannen, worst for, person for people, on Twitter. For anyone that doesn't know, and I assume ninety nine percent of our listeners know, but I'm sure there are a couple that you know are not eternally on Twitter like we are. Near Tannen is literally just a troll. Like she, her, her entire point of existence is is funneling corporate uh, cash into the Democratic Party and commanding troll armies online to uh silence any critics of uh that strategy and like she's just a totally just vapid worthless fucking small petty uh disgusting person like like really just a bad person to her core like you know uh outed a fucking set you know so she's the head of uh cap which is uh center for american progress one of those great ironically named companies uh, organizations, whatever you want to call it, that well, it's a think uh, tank. It, it's a and think tank. It's a think the, tank that yeah. funnels money from other countries into this country, where they can then donate it to you know Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden's campaign. Yeah, so, no, they, I mean they take money from the Saudis, right. they take money from oil companies, from from uh, health <clears> insurance, <throat> literally any fucking toxic, horrible industry that you can imagine. They take money from, and then yeah, like you said, just funnel it to. To the Hillary Clintons of the world and to the Joe right. Bidens of the world and et cetera. The other et cetera. thing they can do is, is you know, in between administrations, when these all these, uh, <clears throat> you know, people need jobs to keep doing something to stay relevant, um, they can come, come work at the think tank, right? And then, right. you know, they can be like a fellow at an institution instead of being a lobbyist, right? Which... It's all the same thing yeah. at the end of the day. It's all the same fucking thing. It's just it's it one lends big them pool more of fucking money. Credibility. Right. Um, so I have a whole I have a whole list here we can kind of burn through uh, of of just like all Here's the terrible greatest things. Hits, right. Yeah. So she punched a staffer who ended up being um, Bernie's campaign manager who we think may have been a mole for the campaign. Um, he was not a not a good campaign manager. Well though, by the way, the reason she punched him uh, and and by the way, she later claims that she just forcefully shoved him and didn't punch him. But he says that she punched him in the chest. I think it amounts to the same thing. Right. But uh, the, he this was at a time where he was, I believe, an, a lawyer for the ACLU or he worked for the ACLU. Um, and he was interviewing Hillary Clinton, you know, during her I think it was 08 presidential run. And uh, he asked her if she regretted support for the Iraq war. And apparently Nira was infuriated that he even brought up the Iraq war because I guess maybe they had had a conversation beforehand like, hey, don't bring that up. X day in the uh, Iraq, you know, way uh, because Hillary uh, never had a good fucking answer for her vote for the Iraq war. Um, and much like Joe Biden would refuse to ever concede that uh, concede that she made a mistake in her political career. No, that's, you know the biggest mistake of any politician's political career was voting for the Iraq war. So yeah, near, near punched him over that. Mm -hmm. Um, so she <laughs> also outed a victim of sexual harassment, uh, mm -hmm. during an all staff meeting at cap as, uh, some kind of retribution for something. Uh, basically the, whoever it was that she accused of sexual <laughs> harassment was someone who was, uh, friends with Nira. So she wanted to, 
you know, shameless person. Yeah, shameless person. Um, she, uh, in a, emails that were leaked by WikiLeaks, said that Libya uh, should repay us for the courtesy of bombing them by giving us oil. Right. Yeah. She said, Libya, which, yeah. we have a deficit. They have a lot of oil. Like, it's just that cut and dry for her. Uh, she it demanded the TPP be included in the, uh, the Democratic Party 2016 platform, even though Bernie and Hillary Clinton opposed it because she didn't want to hurt Barack Obama's feelings. Um, she hates Medicare for all. She hates it. The closest she'll say is that people should be able to buy into Medicare, uh, which is not Medicare. That's not how Medicare works. You don't buy into it. Um, when uh, when Cap's little uh, sort of online newspaper, Think Progress, voted to unionize, she decided just to simply shut down Think Progress in order to bust their union. Yeah. Um, Let's see. She denounced the Women's March for inviting Bernie Sanders and tweeted at them, couldn't they find any women? And like Bernie was literally the only man out of about 100 speakers who was invited. And that was still a bridge too far for, for Nira. Um, and you remember earlier this year, she was telling people to ignore the CDC guidelines on social gathering and go vote in person. And that for it was Joe totally Biden. safe. For Joe Biden, of course. When Bernie Sanders personally was saying, "Don't go and vote in person; it's not safe." I don't. I know right. you want me to win the primary, and she was just like, "Why is Bernie trying to depress the vote?" Like, and, and Simone Sanders was doing the same shit, and then all of a sudden their tune changed the second that Joe Biden became the nominee, and they acknowledged the reality of the science that, oh yeah, no, it's super unsafe to have people vote in person; they should vote by mail. But it didn't and matter because all they right cared about was crushing. We Bernie. voted. Was the huge spike in COVID cases went up? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, again, just literally killing people because they, they don't give a fuck. So a couple, I just want to address a couple of those things because uh, yeah. just greatest, greatest fucking hits. Um, by the way, I don't know if you remember this because it, it, it faded pretty quickly, but remember how Cap introduced Medicare Extra for All, which was basically, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so many fun things from this year that you just totally forget about because of all the COVID craziness, but they basically tried to like completely co-opt the name and and you know do like like this is the shit that you'd get sued over as like confusing the market for like a copyright basically <laughs> and you know it, it, if this was like if you came out with a product called like coke spelled with a k like it would be like uh clearly you're trying to trick people into the thing but it was it's, it was basically the, total bullshit it was it's the sketch from the state where the 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 uh Slavic guys in like a back alley, and he's got like a truck full of shoes that have four stripes. He's like, "Yeah, you know, it's it's a uh, it's like Adidas, but it got an extra stripe for half the price." Yeah. Right. <laughs> like he's like trying to hawk these fucking off-brand exactly. Adidas clones. Yeah, and and just I, again, Niratanen is just literally has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Like, there's a video of her that was going around from the 2016 platform meetings where they were, you know, debating. The platform, you know, Bernie had his delegates, Hillary had her del had more delegates, obviously, that her will was going to be enforced on uh, as to what the platform was going to be. And Nira was on there. I, I don't know if you saw this clip going around. Did you happen to uh, catch this clip? Um, it's the one where she tries to, like, read Cornell's next what to her. Medicare for all it means. Yeah, and Cornell West is next to her. And it's just unbelievable how just completely lackluster of a fucking... Like, she is just... No redeeming value as a political figure. She can't communicate. She can't speak. She's reading off of a thing. She can't even read it. I'm not like, I'm just saying, like, she's just not, 
She me she she believes in nothing. She has no fucking redeeming quality. She's just the biggest fucking hemorrhoid on the ass of Hillary Clinton that there ever has been. And because of that, she has risen. You know, she's fit like the proverbial. Uh, you know, failed up all the way to the top of the fucking food chain. She's just has nothing to offer whatsoever. She has no background in budget or mat. Like it's just no fucking reason to pick her for this job whatsoever. Other than to fucking once again, piss in the face of Bernie Sanders supporters who are constantly being reminded of what pieces of shit they are for voting for Joe Biden. It's like, what? (laughs) So we think that I know a lot of people that think that, but I, I, I called this on day one when they announced this, that, the the people on team biden are so tone deaf and so removed from what yeah. what left wants that they actually think they they would you know that they think that appointing near tannin is an olive, olive branch to the left now just today Ian higgins tweeted out i just interviewed the head of a major progressive group who said that the biden transition team reached out to them uh, about or after Tandon uh, the nomination to say, aren't you happy? We met your demands. We brought in a movement leader. Like they truly <laughs> thought that the, like appointing her was a movement leader. A, a movement thing we would leader. like. Yeah, and, a movement and you know, Sorry. and and to speak to Jenks tweet the other day, um, he on his show explained that he really was trying to be sarcastic with that. That he really he doesn't like her. He's never met her in real life, which I was he surprised. Said on his show that, before. Uh, he, I he think he is, she's been on there. I, he said he didn't remember if he interviewed or not. Anyway, they've done nothing but trash these nominations for the last two days to their credit. So I, I kind of believe that he really was being sarcastic. He's just so unfunny that it didn't come off that way. <laughs> He's just such a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and they've been just railing against a lot of these people that we've been profiling. Um, what's what's the the director of national intelligence woman we talked about last week? Oh, um. Oh, fuck, I always forget these names, but... Avril Haines, right? Yeah, yeah Avril Haines, yep. And this, the NPR put out a puff piece on her today that, like, it would make Aaron Sorkin jealous for just how... T- I'm not going to read much of it. I'm, I'm only going to read the first sentence. But this is this is embarrassing for NPR. This is this is the woman that um, supported Blunny Gina Haspel as Trump's head of the CIA after she ran a torture prison. Yep. Right. And after she um and after Avril uh was in charge of making sure none of the spies in the CIA that uh hacked the emails or no it wasn't the emails, it was the servers it, it, of the no, it was Senate, the Senate staffers. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. To, to try to sure cover that, up the fucking torture right. report. And then she was in charge of redacting that Senate report on CIA torture. So just it, it, so NPR of course has to make her palatable to liberals. So this headline, The Winding Journey of Avril Haines, Biden's Pick to Lead U.S. Intelligence, the first sentence. For someone poised to become the ultimate insider uh, as the director of national intelligence, Avril Haines spent her formative years as more of a hipster and an outsider. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, just fuck yourself. Like, what the fuck? Oh, God. I, I can't. I can't. And he, uh, NPR, NPR listeners and readers will eat that shit up. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course, this is this is the max they will engage with 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 this pick. Like they'll be like, "Oh, great, she's great, and she's hip and young, and no, I don't have to ever worry about her. She'll be yeah, great." It, it goes and, on and to talk about how she like learned to fly a plane, and then like like fixed her plane herself, and then flew it across the country and crash landed it and lived. 
And he's just like, oh, she's just like Amelia Earhart. I was going to say, she's just like John McCain. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, they, they said it on TYT. Jank actually said something funny. He's like, why do all these people love people that crash planes? That shouldn't be a thing that you admire. You know, that, that should funny. be like your, your bottom <laughs> of your class. You get fucking. Yeah. It would be funnier so, if he didn't he didn't berate fucking uh, Hassan for for shitting on John McCain after he died. But that's another uh, n- another story. But I, these people, I just can't I can't with them. Every I, and there was like you have more from that article, or you want to talk about uh, some of those other pics? I, I have... Yeah. So it, referencing the plane crash. Uh, the aborted trip wasn't a total disaster. Her co-pilot and flight instructor, David uh, DeValley, later became her husband. <laughs> oh. I just, uh, what, torture report? I don't even want to hear about it. Right? It's, this is no. just too precious. That's, ic- that's, too icky. Precious. that's icky. Come on, why do you want to bring that up? They fell in love as the plane was spiraling out of control. <laughs> she almost murdered him. <laughs> and, and when they finally brought the, the plane down safely, they'd fallen in love. <laughs> It's just like it's just Speed. Such... It's just like the plot of Speed. Oh my god! It's this is just fucking garbage. It's just sugar, sugary, gooey garbage. And this is giving the right. woman who is is, you know, at like a step of a higher than you know the CIA director and the NSA director. Like she's like basically the the, the top intelligence uh, position in the country. Right? Yeah. And, well. And the, now, so one of his, and his potential pick for the CIA director, um, whose name I, I don't have here, but it, it's a black guy. And the whole selling point on him is, oh, he'd be the first black man to lead the CIA, which again, is just, you know, <laughs> more diverse imperialist. But this fucking guy, there was a, a video of him doing an interview for some podcast or something. And he was talking about recruiting at, at colleges, which, you know, right off the bat is fucking yikes. But, um... <sighs> Oh yeah, yeah oh, I they love that shit. They go straight to the anthropology department because they want people who can analyze the culture of the mm-hmm. people they're spying on in order to <laughs> to better murder inst- them and overthrow their government. Right to better infiltrate, uh, you know, trade union movements in India that they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. You notice that there's no mention of the fact that there's 250 million people on strike in India right now in our media. Yeah, no, not at all. Can't imagine um, why they would want to cover that story. I know, no, it's not like that's something that would be really effective if we did it here. Um, but no, so this guy was doing an interview and he was like, Ed, you know, uh, there, there, there was this black guy and I, I could tell he wanted to talk to me, but he was embarrassed to come over and talk to me. So I finally went over to him and he's like, uh, how could you work for them? And, 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 basically, <laughs> and basically, like, he was try- he was la- a, he was laughing about it, which is just fucking psychotic to begin with. But then, and and then he was repeating what the guy was saying. He was like, "Well, you know," and they they experimented on black soldiers, and uh, and he's like, "Yeah," uh, uh, and the CIA guy is like, "Yeah," and then we, uh, you know, overthrew uh, governments and Nic- we 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 you know overthrew the government in Nicaragua, and we uh, and, and like he just went through all these horrible things that the CIA actually did, and he's like, 40 years ago." Now, if you want to talk about ancient history, I can tell you about ancient history. It's again, this this is the fucking liberal, this is like liberal catnip is that the CIA was this horrible organization 40 or 50 or some nebulous amount of time years ago, and all of a sudden, for some reason, somehow, just a fucking light switch got flicked, right. and the CIA Tom became religion. these, the, right, and they became these just benevolent intelligence operatives who just want to protect the American people and do nothing. That's not, that's not, you know, everything they do is above board. It's so, it's a fucking, such a fucking child's fucking fairy tale that any liberal believes that the CI fucking a is not like still. Fairy tales. 
Yeah. It's well, just unbelievable that they fucking buy that shit. It's it's well, so lame. Anthony, Anthony, it's it's not your father's CIA. Come on. Let's, let's, <laughs> right. It's just like, how fucking stupid are you? Do you fucking, I mean, do you even pay attention to anything that happens in the fucking, in the global south, like at all? Like, do you fucking no. hear that story in South America, like uh, in Venezuela? Of course not, but. Um, well, I'm pretty sure the CIA was laughing their asses off at those fucking wannabe oh, those Rambos fucking down there. Right. They were just like, oh, we're just going to let them do it. Like, we could stop right. them, but this is going to be funny to watch. Let's play some bets right. on this one. For real. For um, real. No, they, no yeah, their, their to, op went just as bad, though, so they have no nothing to fucking laugh about. Fucking Juan Guido, our, our, our fucking buddy. Uh, oh, no. Who's, who's, it, it's just, you know, like the CIA will usually be successful in its endeavors and these guys had no fucking chance and had been infiltrated by maduro's people and that's why their their refueling boat was like completely uh like set up and was never coming for them and that was probably uh maduro had something to do with that where he knew about that but the thing is, like with with Venezuela, it's I don't even think like yeah, the CIA is not as as competent at coups as they used to be, but uh, you know I really think that was more Maduro's strength versus their weakness. I think they they did a decent job of their usual bullshit in terms of like you know ginning up the propaganda necessary to 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 stage a coup. Maduro was just so fucking like uh, like strong and and forward thinking in the way he blocked it that they weren't able to fucking to muster you know they weren't able to push it through because they managed to get it through in bolivia well, they, were, they were adrift at sea like they no could... <laughs> no not those idiots i'm talking about the i'm talking about guaido the actual cia coup attempt in in venezuela oh, the well fuck. they didn't even do a real coup they just tried to make it look like one on twitter no you know, i know like but in, then order to, in order to uh, actually do Jorge a coup Rama, you actually have to shit, seize you know? the airport for real you can't just stand in front of it and take a picture they they tried to do a soft. It was a soft coup attempt. It was it was a, you know they, they know. thought that, that shit like that used to work for them. That's the thing is like the before social media and against you know like it's it just shit like that used to work. But they've never been able to topple the real fucking titans of the you global. Gotta set, take you know. over some government buildings. You got to at least fucking you know. I mean, look. I mean, times they tried it with fucking Castro, which I like. They just the, the ones who are yeah, strong enough, they with, can't. With Castro, they actually went down there with hundreds of guys and guns. Like they were, <laughs> yeah, and they still couldn't get him. Couldn't get rid of him. Like he was right. just, he right. was just such a fucking badass. He was just like, nah, just you know. They tried well, to give him exploding cigar. Like it's just comical the level that they tried to fucking you know uh, go to to get rid of Castro. Couldn't do it, but. So one of the other things that Nira is known for is her uh, 3 a.m. drunk tweets, uh, oh, yeah. where she would just start like posting random shit at 3 a.m. And you know I've noticed that, like one I got I got bored the other night, and so I started like uh, making up fake Nira tweets and just photoshopping them, right? Because like you just cut, take the text out and type something new in there, right? Yeah, right. And a couple I couldn't even tell. Like I legit was like, is that real? Like. <laughs> Well, that's the that's the that's the trick to make something really funny is to make it so slightly beyond what they would really say, or just so slightly beyond the truth that people are like, "Wait, what? Did she really fucking say?" It? And so the first one, I was pretty, I was kind of subtle, right? But I still wanted to like, you know, just kind of see how it would work. So, so I, you know, take this off uh, whatever actual tweets off Twitter, Photoshop it, and then post it on our Facebook page, right, for the for our podcast. And then just like see who would like what the reactions would be. So, my first one was near uh, uh, tweeting. Uh, Hitler was certainly controversial, but nobody gives him proper credit for fighting to the death against communism. 
<laughs> which, which she, I mean, you know, of course she, she hates the left, hates socialists, hates communists. But I was just, kind of, you know, like Hitler was controversial. Like, like well, it, it's funny because that's like a tweet she basically had. Do you, do you remember that tweet she had about how it was basically the left's fault that Hitler rose to power because they wouldn't un- wouldn't unite with the centrists, which is total fucking horseshit. You know, revisionist history. The real right. problem is that the centrists were not nearly as um, oppositional to Hitler as they should have been while he was rising to power, and they basically told the communists to go fuck themselves. And that's why he was able to win. Like a, he basically won the same way Clinton did with uh, B- Bill Clinton uh, did right. with like uh, plurality, but not a majority. You know, and and that's how he ended up fucking rising to power. So it's actually the same. But then, fault. thankfully, the liberals voted Hitler out of power, and right? they didn't no, have to resort got rid of to him. violence. Yeah. Um, yeah no, so I, I did that one, and a bunch of people thought it was real. And, you know, shared it in groups, and they were like, that's just so typical of liberals. And I was like, it's not real, but it's pretty much what they believe. It's what she'd like to say if she could. I, I see no know. material difference between that and what she actually tweeted. I mean, that's <laughs> exactly, basically, exactly, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to go for broke. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really push the envelope of what people will believe she actually said, right? So uh, the next one, I, I, I was looking for one of her late night tweets, and I couldn't find it, so I just changed the, the time on it to like 3.28 a.m. <laughs> well, she deleted them all. That's, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Well, she also changed the, her, uh, her Twitter bio used to say progressive, and then yesterday she changed it to say liberal, which to me, there's no fucking daylight <laughs> between those two things. No, no um, it's just funny. And so, so here's this tweet. All right. It's 3.30 in the morning, or as I like to call it, wine o'clock. And I don't mind telling you uh, that once uh, Hillary and I got so drunk, she confided to me that, quote, an eager-to-please teenage Chelsea once tried to board the Lolita Express with her father, and I had to break the news to her that that horse face wasn't going to cut it with Dershowitz or Prince Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't post it at first because I was like, is that too dark? (laughs) It's it's, it's fucking grim. It is grim. I mean, the, so I, I showed it to Ash, and she was like, no, that's pretty funny. And then I showed it around a few other people, like, yeah, that's pretty funny. And I'm like, okay, no, no complaints so far, like no, no like red flags anywhere. And so I posted on our Facebook page, and people were like, so one guy goes, wait, are these legit? <laughs> and I just <laughs> right. replied as the page, I just replied, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and then another guy commented, um, He's like, I don't think this this helps anything. With this, with this, as as stupid as people are, they'll go, they'll believe that this is, you know, and this isn't helping having a constructive conversation about the real thing. And I was like, dude, you you thought it was real. That's why you're pissed off. You thought it was right. real at first, and then someone had to tell you it wasn't. Now you're, now you're like all butthurt. So you're like, also, what constructive conversation? She, she's the fucking. She's gonna get the job. Like, what's the fucking constructive? Co- we're we're venting our anger by using humor because. Like, do you, fucking... do you really think that Hillary Clinton would tell, get drunk and tell Nir Tandon that her daughter was so, like, normalized by human trafficking with, you know, her father and, uh, you know, hanging out with Prince Andrew? Do you really think that she got so normalized by that that she, like, wanted to, like, join in on the fun, you know, and had to be, like, told, like, to, like turn down right. because her looks weren't up to par? Like, do you really think that's a fucking real thing that happened? That, that Look, is, is the thing that she would tell, and then Neeratana would tweet out at three thirty in the morning. Come on, <laughs> I just no, I, I want to say to people that get that get pissy about jokes like that, we're in for a really fucking grim four years. Like this is going to be 
a really, really bad time for everybody in this country because we're being led to uh, led, led into a, a competent fascist fucking, uh, you know, uh, uber capitalist fucking regime right now. And it, it's either this or we fucking scream for an hour and a half and bash our heads against our desks. So, you know, right. which, you know, you, you choose which which, if which you, you think it's in poor taste. You know, there's no part of the, this joke that was making light of human trafficking, right? And, you know, you could say, you know, well, you're making fun of a teenage Chelsea Clinton. It's like, well, guess what? She's a multimillionaire. She's 40 now. Her Manhattan condo costs $10 million. Uh, so I don't give a shit about her feelings. And she's never going to fucking read that anyway. So who cares? Right. Right. <laughs> right. And yeah, I know. It's just ridiculous. But, um, yeah. So, and just you know, just to go net some of his other the other, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, appointee he announced. Oh, real was, quick before we get off yeah. of uh, Nira, um, mm-hmm. you know, for the people that like to pretend that she's progressive, be- just because there's some in the GOP that don't like her, uh, like Megan McCain, who <laughs> called uh, the Center for American Progress a far left organization. <laughs> Um, and somebody <laughs> responded on Twitter, uh, said, Megan, Cap is about as is, is far left as your father is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there, I mean, there's, there's just some GOP people that will <clears throat> knee-jerk and hate no matter who goes in because they think, you know, Biden's a Marxist because yeah, they're fucking idiots. But the really smart conservatives, people like Bill Kristol, love her because they know she's an austerity queen. Bill Kristol tweeted, yep. uh, tweeted out, uh, keep in mind, Bill Crystal predicted the Iraq War, which he desperately wanted to have happen. He predicted it would only last two months. Bill yeah. Crystal, so genius, the, absolute genius. Yeah. Bill Crystal Ball, yeah. Uh, he tweeted out: uh, "Serious conservatives, responsible moderates, and hard-headed liberals should want a tough-minded OMB head. That's the <clears throat> Office of uh, Management, Management and Budget. Budget. Uh, OMB is where cabinet secretaries' ill-considered projects go to die." where programs are evaluated, where trade-offs are made, Nira Tannen is the right person for that job. So he, basically he knows that Nira is going to take an axe to everything that would help us is, right. is what's going to happen. She she is uh, on the record multiple times advocating for cuts to Social Security. So again, Joe Biden swears up and down that he doesn't want to cut Social Security, even though we have video of him fucking saying over and over and over again that he wants to cut social security throughout his entire career is now hiring uh the head of office management and budget who wants to fucking who wanted to fucking cut social security in the 2010 midterms it's like it's just how fucking like stupid do they think we are that we don't see that they're going to offer this as a trade-off, quote-unquote, for fu- for whatever it happens to be, for fucking COVID relief that's not even targeted to anybody, or that, that's, you know, oh, quote-unquote yeah. targeted it'll be, and fucking... It'll be, it'll be means-tested, <clears throat> where you only get COVID relief if you liked one of her tweets where uh, she called Medicare for All racist. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And, and again, so, you know, speaking of COVID relief, they, there, there was some other report today, uh, I think it was a Reuters article about how there's this new bipartisan... Um, COVID bill, uh, you know, COVID relief bill going around, which includes, you know, a ton of money for fucking uh, companies and corporations, more PPP loans, which are always glommed up immediately by corporations who have better accountants and lawyers than small businesses do to, to make sure that they suck all that money up. Um, 
$300 a week unemployment insurance, which is not enough, and no stimulus payments, no fucking stimulus payments, but there's liability protection for companies, so you can't sue them if they force you to work and you get COVID. So this is just, again, like, hurry up and die already is basically the fucking COVID right. relief plan by the fucking Biden team and by the Trump. It, it's like the same. It's, it, it's fucking nothing different. It's just unreal that, like, this is, again, people are going to fucking... Like, I don't know what it's going to take for people to really fuck. I, I, when I posted that article on Twitter and I said, you know, I, I really think it's fucking John Brown time because they clearly are not in any um, position to actually fear, uh, fear the American people to the point where they think, well, we better do this or else things are going to get really bad for us. They think that they can just keep going on fucking you know, enriching them fucking enriching themselves, enriching their friends, enriching their future employers at these think tanks with no with with total impunity, with no consequences whatsoever, while people are literally dying and being evicted by the right. millions. Like I, like I said before, they think that, you know, now De Niro was was uh you know doing us a favor because we like the you know, it's got the word progressive in it, you know. So somebody said that uh, you know, since Republicans like Nero can start up a progressive "Quote unquote organization and pretend to, you know, do shit like that. That like we should have start having socialists go run as Republicans, right? And then just you know instead of calling it Medicare for all, call it uh, Freedom Care, <laughs> you know. Um, so Nir is trying to kind of like uh, polish her image from the you know internet troll, uh, you know Twitter troll that she's been known as. So she puts out this this tweet last night that like it. I'll just I'll just read it. <clears throat> Sure. She tweets out, um, you know, again with this whole like, you know, that little girl was me bullshit. Uh, after my parents were divorced when I was young, my mother relied on public food and housing programs to get by. Now I'm being nominated to help ensure those programs are secure and ensure families like mine can live with dignity. I am beyond honored. So I read that and I was like, she's going to cut food stamps first, isn't she? <laughs> right, right. Because when you hear somebody say we have to, we have to secure the program, that means there's something wrong with the program. And I guarantee what she'll decide is wrong with it is that we're spending too much on it. And to make sure it's viable long term, we've got to cut it right now. That's what they always that's say. Literally, that's literally what Joe Biden fucking said in that that famous clip about Social Security. Right. How we need to per, per, we need to preserve Social Security by oh, it's, we're going to run out of money cutting from it. Social Security for for <laughs> in forty years. It's going to be run out of money, so we got to start cutting it now. Right, start cutting it right. now. Totally Raise fucking made up and arbitrary. Seventy years old, uh, and, and you know, again, all they have to do is get rid of the the wage cap on Social Security and make rich motherfuckers pay for all of those people. To not have to work until our fucking fingers fall off. Pay for yeah, exactly. Pay for all the people who fucking enrich them through their labor, you know, not through no labor of their own. Um, yeah, pay for us to fucking be able to retire with some fucking dignity and, and not have to, yeah, like you said, kill ourselves. Um sixty-fives are eight too fucking old. And by the way, it's I don't even think it's sixty-five anymore. By the time we get to it. It's going to be, if it even exists anymore, if they haven't completely decimated it in a bipartisan effort, um, I'd be shocked if it wasn't 70, 75 by the time we're of retirement age. Right. It's just, it's just well, and, and she's told the truth about what her agenda really is. Um, somebody, you know that, that uh, meme of her holding the whiteboard? <clears throat> Right, so you can just like yeah, change yeah. whatever it says on yeah. there. Stupidest but, thing you could ever do in the plan right. is hold up a blank piece of paper. Right, if you're a famous person. Yeah. So uh, somebody started um, just writing 
uh, quoting her her on her her emails that were uh, mm-hmm. put out there by WikiLeaks. And one of them was, uh, we're trying to capture the ideas uh, that animate American exceptionalism as quintessentially progressive ideas. So she's not trying to say that progressive ideas should be as popular as American exceptionalism. She's trying to say we need to, like, Trojan horse American exceptionalism. Exceptionalism. America, yep, yep. <laughs> there we go. We need, a Trojan we need to horse make it seem like a progressive idea, into, basically. Exactly. So she, she's not a fucking progressive. She's talking about American exceptionalism. That's a total right-wing framing. Right. Right? And she also got, uh, one of her emails said that all lives matter, too. Oh, yeah, so no. Was, was trying well, to school the, somebody on that. This is fucking, yeah. I mean, this that was the Hillary Clinton official fucking position in 2016 whenever Black Lives Matter. You know, you could just tell the fucking disdain that they had for Black Lives Matter. And now that it's in vogue to say Black Lives Matter and you'll see liberals with fucking Black Lives Matter lawn signs and then a we support the police lawn sign right fucking next to it. It's just, it's just so, it's impossible to not just be totally fucking... Well, you know, blackpilled over all of this. It's exactly. just so they, fucking, they can't they can't uh, really co op to fund the police though because that's a no a no tangible that, goal. That's a tangible thing, that. and then it's it's like oh that's the you know because Democrats love to have vague wording that means nothing platitudes basically because you can throw it out as many times as you want, never have right. to actually do a damn thing. So of course, uh, Brock came out to scold us again today. Uh, this is the Hill headline: Obama oh, uh, said. You lose people with snappy slogans like "defund the police." Well, uh, like, let me uh, be clear. What, uh, <laughs> what was uh, what was "build back better" then, Barack? <laughs> like, well, <laughs> you know, in fairness, in fairness, Tory slogan b- "build back better" is not snappy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely not. It's also stolen from Boris Johnson. <laughs> That was his campaign slogan, uh, somebody found out, which, yeah. by the way, they had people work on the same, you know, work on his campaign that worked on Biden's campaign. Big, oh, yeah. big it's shocker. All, um, conglomerate. So, but just, you well, know, his yeah. constant, his <clears throat> constant scolding of activists who actually want to do something. I'm just sick of this fucking guy. Go the fuck away, Barry. You've done nothing good for go anyone away. except your buddies at Wall Street and the private health insurance industry and... I still can't go to a fucking doctor because the guy was a coward and didn't fight for any kind of single payer option, right? Nope. So, it, yeah, yeah, I'm no, just I mean, tired of hearing anything from that guy. Yeah, no, he'll he'll pop back up like the fucking groundhog every four years or so to make sure that the the modestly you know center left candidate uh, is totally destroyed in the primaries, and that'll be his sole function going forward as a figurehead for the Democratic Party. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll shepherd Kamala's nomination in 2024 over, you know, AOC or whoever else decides to run. And then, you know, it'll just be like, oh, well, you know, Barack Obama, it's good enough for him. It's good enough for me. That's the fucking there's just no, you know, I'm, I have no optimism. I'm sorry. I have no fucking optimism to offer to anybody that thinks we're ever going to fucking escape this neoliberal hellscape where they just continue to fucking uh you know, push right-wing policies while we scream into the fucking void and scream into our fucking liberal relatives' faces as they go, yeah, well, you know. But Trump was worse, because, I mean, you know, he was separating kids at the border. I mean, you know. (laughs) Right. If you go online, you can find the pictures of the the people who were protesting family separation under the Obama administration getting arrested. Right, like they were, they were doing sit-ins. He, he admitted to it in his but, book. He fucking admitted to yeah, it. He, he admitted he to didn't it. Answer in his book. for it, but he yeah. admitted. No, yeah. um, 
So, uh, yeah, yeah, right. So, so once again, it's just it's like liberal amnesia will take over, and in three to four years, they won't remember why they dislike Trump. <clears throat> and no, no, he'll be you know like he'll just some Obama, Michelle Obama will give him a piece of candy and give him a hug, and that's all going to be over, right? right. And he'll you know Trump will be Henry smart Kissinger enough to like start acting dignified. You know, like that was Trump's thing. Was like he was just like this little sniveling, snickering, hostile, awful person. But now he acts with reverence, so that you know Americans can go, "Oh, he loved America." Trump, Trump can do that. He's an actor. Trump knows how to act any way he wants to, or around any audience he wants to. So just yeah. it'll happen. We'll see it happen. Um. So I did we did want to mention before we jump on a couple other people that. Uh, you know, on our show last week, we were talking about a couple of these people who uh, had found in West, uh, West Exec, and also we were talking about uh, Pine Island's capital, right? And that was before anyone else was talking about these these shadowy groups, right? Uh, secretive groups, and people were like, oh, the, how secret? they have websites. How secretive could they be? And it's like, ISIS has a website. Like, that doesn't mean shit. <laughs> right, right. What makes them secretive is their client lists are secret, Right. The only reason we know even a couple of their clients is because somebody leaked it. Right. And the ones we know about are awful and horrible. And these people are going to go to these Senate hearings and they're going to be asked about who their clients were. You're right. Because they, they, they've got this uh, this SEC filing from uh, Pine Island Capital saying that if our guy gets confirmed, we expect to make a shitload of profit from this. Right, and of course he, you know, this guy's uh, what's what's the guy's secretary or uh, uh, what's the secretary of state's guy's name that got nominated? Uh, Blinken, Anthony Blinken. That's right. Yeah, they're basically just saying like we expect our, you know, our shareholders to be very happy because we're going to make way more profit. Well, if their clients are secret, then how do you know which you know what decisions they're making in their positions of power that are directly benefiting those clients? Right? How do you know? When they're war profit, I mean, we know they're always going to war profiteer, right? But if that information can be kept secret uh, because of a confidentiality agreement, like that's a huge conflict of interest. They shouldn't be able to be in that. That should immediately disqualify them if they have former clients that are weapons manufacturers or surveillance uh, systems designers, right? Then their people, the you know, the people who were representing them as you know, lobbyists or consultants then get into that position of power and are directly making decisions that will make that company money in the military-industrial complex. And we can't know who it is because they have a confidentiality agreement with their, with their client that they can't divulge that under oath yep. in front of the Senate. Nothing they can do. Nothing they can do. They would love to. They would love, just like Pete Buttigieg right. would have loved to have divulged his, the companies he worked for for McKinsey, but he couldn't, you know, he couldn't uh, divulge them. He was under, you know, <laughs> NDA. Nothing he could do. Right. And that's why they have the NDA <sighs> yep. in the first place, to, so they can do evil shit and we can't know about it. Yep. Well, they pretend it's for the sake of privacy, but that's not it. This this isn't a, a individual. Somebody tweeted out like, "Oh, so should doctors, uh, if they go to government, have to divulge their patient lists?" It's like those are private citizens. Literally, nothing. We're to talking do with, about yeah. a fucking international <clears throat> corporation, and and you want to, you know, give them the same fucking rights as a person. It's unreal. It's un unforgivable. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's just again just fucking awful uh just, it, it, like i knew biden's picks would be bad I, I did not realize they would be this 
fucking like just just mask off bad. Like I really thought that he would the usual liberal fucking ploy of like one person removed from the horrible kind. Con- like his fucking economic top economic advisor w- was a fucking executive at BlackRock, like one of the worst fucking companies in the fucking world. Like it's just that this Brian Deese asshole. Like it's just unbelievable the fucking level of just naked fucking, uh, you know, just the, the level of naked capitalism is so just, it's, it's surprising even to me. Like I, I knew, I knew it would be bad. I did not realize it'd be this bad. And the whole ROM thing, like they keep floating him because they clearly are going to try to put in, you know, someone who's, uh, you know, Better than Rahm Emanuel is like such a fucking like the bar is is in hell. That's how low the bar is. But like, you know, it'd be like Eric Garcetti or some other fucking awful, awful, awful fucking neolib, um, which is why they're floating Rahm's name. Or maybe it'll be Rahm. That would be the real fucking. So real I posted that article face. that David Sirota wrote uh, uh, about the um, Pine Island Capitals SEC filing that like was just openly bragging about how they're going to make all this more money with their their guy at the State Department, right? right. I posted that article in a, like, uh, Gretchen Whitmer fan group on Facebook. <laughs> and, and the people there are about as smart as, like, your, your average local hometown Facebook group, you know? Mm-hmm. and <clears throat> So not very. No, no. So I posted that article, and it was deleted within five minutes by the admins. <laughs> like, they don't even want you to know... Like, they know, clearly whoever runs that is probably somebody who is on Whitmer's campaign, right? That they're, they're, they're admining it that closely uh, right. for any information. So that nobody, nobody who blindly follows Biden will ever know this stuff because they're, they're protected in you know, a bubble where they never have to think. But uh, when, I, when I went there to post it, I noticed that somebody had posted the article uh, about James Clyburn uh, and his just extremely mild criticism of Joe Biden. Uh, and while that was allowed to to stay posted in the group, the comments on it were just unbelievable. So I'm just going to read a little tiny bit of the article for context here. So uh, Clyburn, Biden falls short of naming black figures to top posts. Uh, the most senior black lawmaker on Capitol Hill is taking Joe Biden to task over administration appointments, saying uh, that the president-elect is falling short where it comes to naming Black figures to top positions. James Kleinberg, Democratic South Carolina, the House Majority Whip and close Biden ally, expressed his disappointment on Wednesday that African Americans, a voting bloc crucial to Biden's presidential victory, have not featured more prominently among the early picks to fill out senior mystery post next year. So, just before I get to some of the replies, um, I, I want to read one reply from another th- post I had uh, about Trump saying he was going to run for. Uh, 2024 and was going to hold his first campaign rally during Biden's inauguration, which is, I thought it was like hilarious <laughs> that he would do that. That's, that's, a, that's such a petty dick move because right. he's supposed to be there, but you know he's not going to. Exactly. It's just it's just like <laughs> I, I took so much joy in knowing that like liberals are going to have to fucking. Oh, like, just, so bad. He was so he, mad about that. He's never going away and he's going to terrorize them forever. And I'm just like, oh, they so deserve it. Um, so everyone who replied to that said, well, he can't run for office if he's in jail. And I was like, oh God, they really think he's going to go to jail. They don't realize that that's like, that's just not how power works. You know, Biden would pardon him. 
Uh, Biden's already said he wouldn't. Obama, pro- he doesn't want to prosecute him. Right. And even if he, you know, Obama would come out with another video and scold us for wanting to hold him accountable and say it's for the healing of the nation. So this is verbatim one of the com- replies to that article. Um, referring to Trump running in 2024, um, this person wrote, that's, that's, will never happen. He will be luck up in prison for life, even never make it to White House as second president. And by constitution law, Donald can't run next president 2024. Anyway, Mr. Trump should forget about run again. It's just wasted. No, it's just waited time. Oof. Yeah. So first he says it's, it's not constitutional. And then he says he should just not think about doing it because it's wasted time. Now, it is, of course, completely constitutional to run a second time if you only serve one term. Right. But just like the broken sin. And this wasn't like somebody who's I don't have his name in front not of me. Not English is the first language. Yeah. Situation. It was like Gary, you know, yeah. something or another. Um, right. I, yeah. He, he was a U of M fan, though. So I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> explain <laughs> so a little bit it. It yeah, does. It explains great school, some of this. but I fucking hate their football team. Um, some of the so brain damage, but so people I just reading put, the James Clyburn yeah. article uh, were outraged, outraged that their their token Negro uh, was now voicing criticism. He was right? getting too uppity for them. They were they were right. like, just, like we, what, you what, already what served you your pro- purpose, token. Like go away now. So, right. uh, somebody named uh, <clears throat> somebody named Rosalind Mayberry. <laughs> replied oh, no, to the article <laughs> is Clyburn a Trump publican oh, yeah um, someone named Marilyn Pete said I think he should start with Barack which again like okay that that wouldn't be constitutional like do you, how do you not know that it's just total fucking fantasy but yeah again, no they're just idiots know. they don't know the rules they don't of know government. anything they don't know they don't anything. know anything and then uh, they claim we're the ones who are naive but yeah right going. Richard Turcotti Replying as though he's talking directly to Clyburn. Settle down, dude. Why is it that you continually use this form? Oh, wait, no. He's actually replying to the person that posted the article, uh, apparently. Settle down, dude. Why do you uh, continually use this forum of the governor's fan uh, fans to push your, your personal agenda? Which I don't even know what that was referring to. Um, <laughs> a guy named William White. Uh, shut the fuck up. He is appointing qualifying people based on their qualification, not skin color. <laughs> right, so... You want the token, but you don't want him to... Okay. No. Uh, Erica Renee writes, um, his VP is a POC. There are dozens of positions to fill. Chill out. Uh, let's see here. William L. Hudson. So look, these are clearly all white names, right? Of course. Uh, says, Biden isn't even sworn in yet, and already uh, you're bitching about his appointments. Well, y- y- you kind of have to now before he's sworn in, because once he's sworn in, it's you can't... Anyway... It's uh, the one time he's making appointments. When are you supposed to complain about them, right. if not when he nominates them? Like, it, uh, Why don't you stop complaining about the lack of, of lifeboats on the Titanic and, until we actually need them, okay? Yeah, like, wait till we're, out, wait till can, we're, wait till we're yeah. in the middle of the Atlantic to complain about it. What the fuck is wrong with you people? But, what good is complaining now? We're still at the dock. <laughs> we can't, we're not even going to need them. We just walk right. down the gangplank. St- idiots. Stupid socialists. Don't think about things. So he writes, uh, but I'm using even office yet. Uh, we waited four years for this. Surely we can show some patience and allow Biden and Harris to make uh, sober, intelligent choices. 
They're making them already. Too. They're making them. I don't understand what that means. Right. They've made them. They've announced them. This they is simply just... cannot please everyone. They can't right every wrong in a couple months before they take office. Uh, and then the last one I have here from... I'm losing my mind. Dewey, I, I, I from can't. Dewey Shrouder. Shrouder, S-C-H-R-E-U-D-E-R. Very... German, Michigan immigrant sounding name. <laughs> Dewey John Schrouder uh, writes, his vice president is black. Give him a minute for God's sake. Not, not God's sake, just God's <sighs> sake. Jesus Christ. Jesus fucking Christ. I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't take four years of this. I can't take one year of this. I, I, I don't... I, yeah, I don't know. I, I got nothing. I, I, I can't take this shit. But I just, again, for the idiot fucking idiot liberals that think that that somehow that Donald Trump is going to end up in prison it, it's just such a fucking fantasy proves you just know nothing about politics or US politics or US history i mean George W Bush and, and look uh, and i'll get this out of the way first Trump is obviously a criminal he's done you know plenty of criminal things financially you know et cetera, et cetera. George W. Bush is magnitude's work. George W. Bush is a fucking genocidal monster. He is a war criminal of the highest order, one of the worst presidents we've ever had in terms of uh, signing off and directly ordering deaths of, you know, uh, 500,000 to a million, you know, conservatively, those numbers, uh, civilians in Iraq and Afghanistan. come close to Nixon. Doesn't even come close to Nixon. No, no, but he's but yeah, but again, he's one of the top five, certainly of the modern era. One of the most just vile, like war criminals that we've ever had as a president. Uh, and and Barack Obama was like, not only are we not going to prosecute him, I'm furious at the left for actually imploring me to to fucking do my duty as the fucking incoming president and prosecute crimes of the fucking previous administration like how right. dare they like well, he you was know, they, he was mad we were just protesting like he was the, just, the, <laughs> it's just unbelievable that they fucking think that somehow donald trump is gonna go to jail like joe biden from the fucking day he was elected was like yeah well we're you know we're not gonna that we're gonna unify the country like that would not really help unify the country if i prosecute it like it's just it's a it's total fucking fantasy they live in fucking fantasy land they know nothing about anything and yeah I, that's all i have I, I just it's just infuriating that they that they are so i, I literally heard you deflate as you were saying those I, words i i should I, I got nothing i got nothing i just they they've sucked the life out of me because it's just I, I you can't argue with these people and they're the ones standing in the way of us actually progressing as a nation because they keep fucking electing the joe bidens of the world and it's never going to get better. It's just never going to get better. Like as long as we, I, I, yeah, I, I got nothing. I, I, again, I'm def, I, I am deflated. I'm fully deflated. But, um, yeah. Uh, before we should mention really quick uh, story before we get out of here. The uh, the Iranian nuclear scientist um, that uh, that Israel totally didn't assassinate. That just happened to have been assassinated by an unknown, uh, uh, you know, assassin. Totally nobody. Knows well, it was it. a remote control gun that shot him. So I mean, maybe it was Walter White. Who knows? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that, that that was crazy. That argues that, like, where they, they literally, yeah, like it was fucking straight out of the finale of Breaking Bad, like a fucking gun on like a remote turret um, that just happened to, to assassinate this. Iranian nuclear scientist, um, 
right around the time that Joe Biden is taking uh, the office of the presidency and is obviously going to be pressured to get back into the Iran nuclear deal, which is something that Bibi Netanyahu wants to uh, destroy. Uh, he, he, he already just helped, he destroyed it under Trump, but he wants, uh, that's like his priority he number one is to make sure we place. don't. Yeah, Israel he wants opposed, to make sure. Right. So a deal that would have made sure that Iran could never attack Israel with a nuclear weapon, which, of course, they would never do because they have never talked to another country in 400 years, uh, despite constant provocation from us in Israel the last 70 years. Um, right. You know, this would ensure that, that that could never happen. And Israel was opposed to it because it didn't also call for basically Iran uh, dissolving their entire military. Like that—that's right. what it would have taken for Israel to have supported. Well, and and Bibi doesn't want them to not. He wants them to be a nuclear threat, even though he knows that they're not trying to get nuclear, you know, weapons, and then they're not enriching uranium to that to the to the level that you would need to to build a nuclear uh, warhead. Because he wants them to be the boogeyman that he can cite as you know he again he's a fucking he wants to wipe them off the face of the earth. Like he does not. He wants America to wipe is to, to wipe Iran off the face of the fucking earth, and if they are doing diplomacy with America, that is the worst case scenario for him because he can't use them as this boogeyman anymore. Well, there, there's something to be said for uh, uh, supreme rulers that have lifetime appointments because they have a lot more patience than our leaders do. That know they've only got 48 years to do everything that they want to do. Right. right. When you're the Ayatollah and you're there for half your natural life, you're just kind of like, I got time. I can wait this out. <laughs> right. right. I, I, and they even they even said like, oh, we'll, we're going to respond to this, but we're going to take our time, Israel, <laughs> which I thought was just like like total fucking gangster shit to be like, like you know, not not Won't fall even for the bait, no. you know, not fall for the bait, but just like, right, you know, right. sit there with your fingers steepled. And well, just yeah, be like, I mean, <laughs> you know, they, they think that Iran's the stupidest country in the world, that they would like bomb Israel for as a retaliatory measure, which would, of course, prompt the Trump administration, especially to, you know, the, the pressure would be on them to then attack Iran in retaliation right. for because they don't know anything ally. about Iran. They're idiots. They don't know anything. The average voter in America doesn't know anything about Iran. Nope. All they know is what the State Department tells them about Iran. Like, if you actually spend five minutes and go read what Iran's uh, statement was in response to that, it's actually very measured and very tolerant. And I, I guarantee you, if somebody assassinated a, a top nuclear scientist in Israel or America, uh, the statement would not be we're going to wait and think about it for a while. It would be, we're, we're invading the them shit out tomorrow. Them. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, we're there already. I like, see, we didn't even have time to tell <laughs> right. you we were there. Well, we're and, and then, of course, uh, the, the reporting on this was, was atrocious. Mm. New York Times read an article on it, uh, quoting Israel and the CIA at least a dozen times as fact. Just whatever this State Department said, wherever... Israel said about Iran or about this incident, they printed without question. It wasn't, you know, uh, State Department claims and that, you know, we attempted to verify and, you know, whatever. Right. It was just, you they know, didn't what, have to whatever. They through their plant at the, uh, yeah. at the paper. They just took it directly yeah. from the CIA. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, we know how that, you know, from even the stuff that we knew back in the 80s when Parenti was writing his book about the CIA that... Uh, you know, the, the CIA had something like 250 known media companies around the world, 
and it was like half the board of the Washington Post, numerous employees within the, the um, New York Times, Boston Globe. Just you know, it's it's like they're all of our our media in this country is in effect state-run media. Now, yep. not every article, obviously, and in fact, the only reason we knew this was because somebody in the New York Times was allowed to. Uh, you know, do an investigative study to find out how many companies the CIA had. But it's still, it's enough. It's enough that it, it has an effect because the CIA knows that mass media is how you control the masses, right? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, just again, and apparently they did this while we were negotiating the Iran nuclear deal initially, um, you know, under Obama's administration, they assassinated four Israel, uh, excuse me, Iranian Nuclear scientists. Yeah, which 2010 that happened. Yeah, which is a war crime, by the way. You, you're you're assassinating a fucking scientist. Like it's just it's insane to even fucking say that out loud. That you. Oh, I, I posted this on a Facebook page but... um, that you know killing a, assassinating a civilian is an act of terrorism. Yeah, and this some dipshit replied, uh, "Well, you're not a you're not a civilian if you're working for the government." It's like, oh my god, how fucking oh my god. stupid are you? How fucking dumb like do you not understand the difference between a fucking scientist and like a fucking so like a soldier like it's just yeah no it's just people are so dumb i, I don't i don't I even don't the know even the, the even. secretary of defense is a civilian and, yeah. and that's like an important thing to have a, a civilian in charge of the military that the military should never be in charge of itself because then basically they are the cia yeah and by the way i i just again cannot stress enough Iranian nuclear scientists are working on Iranian nuclear energy. They're not enriching uranium to make nuclear warheads because even right. though we broke the fucking Iranian Iranian nuclear deal, which we did, by the way, even under Obama's administration, we did multiple times we violated the terms of that by sanctioning them for no fucking reason whatsoever. Um they still uphold their end of the deal because they, you know, it, we're not the only party involved. Like they, right. uh, Britain was involved, France was involved. Like there were multiple countries were involved in this deal. So they're still trying to hold up their end of it, despite the fact that we were the ones who fucking reneged on it in the first place. Um, right. And they'd be perfectly within the rights to enrich uranium to weapons grade level if they wanted to. But, you know, they, they still are not doing that. So it's just fucking so fucked the way that the, this things like this are reported on or not even reported at all in the U.S. media. Um, but but keep an eye on that because BB's going to do everything he can and I'm sure the CIA is going to do everything they can to try to force Trump's hand before he leaves office or to force Biden's hand once he assumes the office um, to a more a more warlike posture with Iran, uh, which yeah. would be devastating. So I had a couple other quick stories before we get out of here. We're not going to talk on these too long, but I just wanted to get him into the record here. Uh, it was actually actually a week ago uh, tonight that uh, California Highway Patrol began evicting 400 squatters from unoccupied homes uh, in in Los Angeles. Apparently, yeah, the night before um, Thanksgiving. Yeah, the night before Thanksgiving, let's throw 400 people out on the street during a, a pandemic. That's a yeah. that's a good idea. In the middle and of winter. So th- these were houses that were had been bought up by Caltrans the um, Transportation Authority in California, because they wanted to build, surprise, another freeway through Los Angeles. Um, now, fortunately, the funding fell through. Uh, don't know the details on exactly how that is, but usually huge mega projects like that have to be bonded. 
And if the legislature thinks the bond is too risky, because if you, you know, if a state defaults on a bond, their credit rating is destroyed for decades, mm. potentially, right. right? So a lot of times they go, yeah, we're not going to do this, right? So for whatever reason, it fell through. So there's hundreds of houses that are sitting there unoccupied. So people were like, well, we've got homeless people. Let's go live there. And they said, nope, can't do that. So they decided to send the thugs in there to evict them. I don't know if they've evicted 400 people. Uh, it looked like from the videos I could see online that people, neighbors were coming out and were confronting the cops and forcing them to retreat, which is awesome. Yeah. But again, no reporting I saw done on this, so don't know any more details about the situation. Yeah, and the videos were just horrific that would, that were coming out of the, the you know that night. I mean, they were they literally were hog tying a fucking like a ten year old child uh, who's screaming, you know, on the ground because you know because they wouldn't leave because they wouldn't leave their fucking homes that you're forcing them out of because you know the fucking system that we live in is so fucked that they can't afford to even keep a fucking roof over their heads and they're living in a place that nobody else is living in that you know that's not being used and you're fucking forcing them out in the middle of a pandemic the night before thanksgiving it, it's just it's fucking like it's super villain levels of fucking evil uh, but that's who the fucking cops are, right. and that's who the state is. That's who the fucking, you know. And, and the he, governor yeah, of California could fucking stop this in a second if he wanted to. This is state-owned oh yeah, fucking ultra, property. Ultra-progressive Gavin Newsom, who uh, loves fracking. <laughs> 80s movie villain fucking haircut. Just unreal, that fucking piece of shit. Yeah. So two other real oh, quick uh, pieces of good news here. Um, this week, or actually last week, six U.S. oil executives were jailed and convicted for corruption in Venezuela after they awesome. were lured there for a fake business meeting. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Maduro, just always, just such a oh, fucking... Oh, no. He's so he's much just, savvier than these uh, idiots. It's unreal. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So, of course, the U.S. media like, made No capitalist like will were... ever turn down a lucrative oil opportunity in Venezuela. Get him, get him on the plane. Right. Well, Send so the, plane. The, the U.S. media tried to make this sound like these guys were like... Kidnapped, uh, kidnapped. Yeah, were like lured there against Venezuela. their will. But the thing is, they worked for Citgo, which is Venezuela's <laughs> national oil company's subsidiary here in the U.S. Right. So technically, even though they were U.S. citizens, they worked for Venezuela, and they were committing fraud essentially. And they knew it, and they said, "Hey, come on down. We got to take the private jet." And then they got there and got arrested immediately. That's uh, amazing. Right. So, of course, Pompeo comes out and says that they're being wrongfully held against their will. And it's like, no, dude, they were convicted in a court of law. You're just a fucking idiot. But still, yeah, they're just, just stupid enough to not realize, like, to get on the plane and not realize that that's what was happening. You know, and it's a shame that you have to, you know, do corruption against your own company to get in trouble as an oil executive rather than being sent to prison for you right. know, crimes against the earth. But still, just to see him, you know, in, in orange jumpsuits yeah. was awesome. Right. Exactly. Uh, and the last thing I had was. After a shitload of rioting in Paris, because the uh, Paris government there wanted to make it a basically a felony to film the police. To record the cops, yeah. To record them cops or distribute images of the police online. Uh, after much, much rioting, um, the government... Uh, France Setting banks party, on fire, by the way. And yeah. then cops on fire. Yeah, so <laughs> after, the, after these like days or weeks of rioting, France's ruling party has agreed to suspend and rewrite the controversial Article 24 security measure that has sparked nationwide protests that would have banned filming the police. So huh. to to the troll we've had on our SoundCloud page that keeps saying that you've got to be you know do long term slow movement building. 
and that writing doesn't actually do anything, fuck you. It's 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 almost like violence is the only way that you actually accomplish bold, you know, large uh, scale upheaval and change societally, and that fucking voting for the lesser of two evils is only going to get you more fucking fascism. Like th- again, this is you know I we talk I've been so into John Brown because we we did such a deep dive for that fucking show, but. Yeah. It's just, again, he was so right and not just about ending, like, obviously he was right about ending slavery, but in his methodology, like, he was obviously, he he was so prescient that he understood, like, you know, that fucking famous... um, Malcolm X quote, you know, the the whole thing about the ballot or the bullet, like, the fucking ballot has failed so many times. Like, I don't understand what it's going to take for people to... To realize that the only way that we're ever going to fucking get anything done is by scaring the fucking ruling class into, you know, bending to our will and or forcibly removing them from their fucking perches and, you know, and and instituting some fucking fairness and justice for the billions of people in the the millions of people in this country uh, and the billions of people globally who we've just terrorized with our fucking... Just demonic well, fucking. To speak you know, on France real quick. In Paris, Marx was convinced that a revolution to, would take decades of planning to get right, and then the Paris Commune happened literally overnight without any planning, and Marx was like, "Wait, you, you can just do that?" Right. <laughs> and right. he was like, "No, no, no, that's not the way I've been writing about it in all my books." And they were like, "Sorry, fuck it, we're gonna do <laughs> Sorry, it live." Bro. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, and the other thing about long-term river building is that it could be infiltrated more easily, too, where, you know, you've got a labor movement where the, the president of almost every labor union is somebody who's there trying to make sure the union is as at least effective as possible Yeah, right. and will consistently endorse, like, the most right-wing Democrat. You know, obviously, Chicago's teacher union is a big exception. Um, there are some dock worker most, a lot of unions, unions, that unions that are actually, are like, very pro-environment most, yeah. who have... Uh, you know, been traditionally, I forget the name of it, but there's one, there's one dock worker union on the uh, West Coast who will bust their people all over the, like up and down the coast and show mm-hmm. up to, to picket lines with baseball bats in case any uh, scabs oh, wow. show up. Yeah, that's like awesome. they're fucking metal motherfuckers, like old school <laughs> shit. Right, and they'll they'll yeah. do that out of solidarity because they they might not be on strike, but if they know their you know their their brothers at another port are on strike, they'll go there to back them up. Right, right. shit like that. So, uh, but it, you know that's more rank and file, obviously, but. Uh, still, but it, nothing's going to change until we do that. Until we show up with bats to all of these fucking things, and you know, yeah, forcibly defend. Our, yeah, our you know, sisters. Nat Turner showed up with a bunch of axes and and hatchets to chop people up, and you know it 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 works. <laughs> I mean, yeah. for a while, obviously, like you know, we talked about with John Brown, the technology of the telegraph being a nationwide thing at that time finally allowed that story to reach a mass audience. Now, in 1830, it was much more easy for the story of Nat Turner to be suppressed and not have the uh, effect that it did nationwide. Uh, and, you know, it took another 20, 30 years before John Brown came along and did what he did. But it was, you know, 16 months later, we had the Civil War starting. You know, so right. it was it was very... He lit the spark. That, yeah. He, he lit the spark, but it was also just like, there was a conflux of different things all happening. You know, the riots we had this summer, if it, was, if it hadn't been, you know, all this latent energy pent up from the pandemic, uh, I, I don't think it would have been as big of a thing. 
right? But people were fucking yeah. bored, and it finally had gotten warm out, and you know, finally, like people were just fucking sick of 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 the snuff films, you know. And watching that nine minutes of George Floyd being slowly robbed of his life was just that was it. Like all those things came together. Um, but you know, it's a shame because now it's winter and like everything's kind of like come to a standstill again. Like we've got to we've got to have this rebellious right. spirit. Year round, not just when it's nice. Yeah, the ruling class has gotten very good at pacifying us and lulling us back to sleep. And that was the whole point of Joe Biden's candidacy. But, you know, hopefully, and I hope we don't have to, but we know we're going to have another inciting influence. Hopefully, the next time there's another fucking horrific video of a cop murdering somebody, people get out in the streets and they don't go back inside. Like, that's, you know, we just need to be in a permanent state of in the fucking streets until we actually accomplish what we want to accomplish by you know instilling fear in the fucking people that run this country and, uh, and actually burn do down a police precinct and actually right. burn down a police precinct not just set it on fire and then dance around like it's right. like the doorway got burnt and that was about it right I, I know there's people out there that think that it burnt to the ground the thing that was burnt to the ground was a, an apartment building nearby that was under construction that was not a police right. precinct so you know, but they yeah. build them now out of like to be a fortress out of cement, fortified right. cement with sprinklers. But it's just you got to keep and to house all their fucking surplus military gear that Barack Obama, <laughs> yeah, uh, funneled yeah. to them after it, you know, in that fucking God, building. That was just because I was watching that live stream as it happened, and they said the, the you know, when I started watching it, <clears throat> there was shit on fire all over the place, but the police were still at the precinct shooting, um, you know, the little pellets at, at the people. Right. And the camera person went down the street to look at the fire and then came back about 20 minutes later and the cops were all gone. And that's when the whole crowd was like, holy shit, it's, it's empty. They're gone. And they just all stormed into the building and like, <laughs> oh my, I've never, I'm like, the, literally, that was insane. they've taken the police station. Like- They're running around the police station, like breaking shit, setting more fires. There's alarms going off, sprinklers going off. I'm like, this is, the, this is, I've never seen anything like this. This is fucking right. crazy. The one, so, the one thing I'm, I'm, I'm a little bummed they didn't do is is take down the American flag in front of the police station and like raise up the Antifa flag is like you know we've no. we've seized this fort but uh but no yeah maybe next time just um, yeah and when they lit it on fire you know right, and then the, right. the like the fireworks going off overhead I was like we'll never go back right we're gonna do this every day until you know we've we've taken over this country right and it was like nope no nope, we just mm. that was the pinnacle of it. At least for Minneapolis. For now, I, I, I yeah, I, I think I, I do think people next time there's another fucking which you know there's bound to be video like that. People are not gonna. It, it, I I do hope it, at the very least we're at a perpetual state of not gonna fucking stand for that shit anymore. But you know we'll see. Um, but yeah. So oh, and you know one other piece of good news that uh, I, we should pass along is that we. Uh, just passed a hundred thousand plays all time on our podcast on on SoundCloud all, uh, alone. So probably we're well over that with iTunes, you know. Also, but yeah, uh, we are over a hundred thousand plays on SoundCloud. So you know, thanks for everyone that listened uh, as part of that one hundred thousand. That's pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, if you want to support the show, obviously easiest way to do that is rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud soundcloud.com slash move left facebook.com slash move left idiots uh we have a patreon at patreon.com slash move left merch uh is available including the aforementioned baby onesie at um 
uh, uh what is it tinyurl.com slash move left pod uh yeah we'll see you next week Oh!